Welcome to the New England Football Show, presented by Mortgage Right. I'm your host, John Serenitas. As always, I'm joined by my partners, Kevin Stone and Adam Kirchin. And tonight we have a very special guest for you guys, Don Brown, head football coach at UMass. Coach Brown, how are you doing this evening? Doing great. Doing absolutely great. Got done with a tremendous workout with the players this morning. We had a good Tuesday morning summer workout. We just completed workout number three. And, uh, you know, any day you do football is a great day. So all good. I, I couldn't agree with you more, my friend. I and, and, and really, let's face it, you have 365 days in a year. You could do football, 360 of them. It's a good day and you'll take it. I do want to remind our viewers that we are brought to you by Mortgage Right. If you are looking into selling your current home or are a first time home buyer and want to get pre-approved for a mortgage, Give Herb Divine a call, 781-254-2846. You can also visit their website, situate.mortgageright.com. He and his team will answer any questions you have. They are available anytime, nights, and weekends. All right, Coach, well, you're back home. You're a native of Spencer, Massachusetts. First of all, talk about what it's been like just being back at UMass and being home. Well, uh, you know, I came back exactly. I, got, I finished up at uh, Arizona on the uh, 30th. I believe it was the 30th of November, and on December 1st, I was on a plane out to the East Coast. And uh, over the last, you know, four months or so, we've been able to sign uh, 33 players between the transfer portal and high schools, and obviously jumped right back in 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 the places that I'm most comfortable, and that's right in the, my New England region with all the coaches that have uh, helped me over the years, uh, the great state of Florida. And again, the, the new thing being the, the transfer portal where, where you uh, can find Division I players that can uh, immediately help your program. Nick Baker chimes in. He says, let's go UMass. Remember the days Remember the days Don Brown would sit with my father in South Hadley High Gym watching his daughter play. So Nick is checking in. Coach, you wanted to uh, reminisce with you about the good old days at South Hadley High School. Obviously, you know, you talk about – go ahead, Coach. Good days. My daughter played uh, uh, basketball, and then she was the pitcher on the softball team. So remember those days well. Now, obviously, I was going to say, being back, you know, you talked about – the transfer portal, the amount of kids that you've added into the program since you've been here. Talk a little bit about your thoughts on the portal in terms of how, how it is to balance the portal versus continuing to recruit high school talent. And, and how do you find that balance so that you can continue to grow the program organically, but also add experienced talent? Well, the good thing is the NCAA made some adjustments on the, uh, on the uh, amount of players you could take. Because to be quite honest, uh, UMass started with like 71, 72 players um, for their season last fall, which is, you know, 14 under the under the, the limit. And uh, obviously that doesn't help you because that, that really impacts your depth in a negative way. So for us to be able to get our roster back up to, you know, 85 scholarship players was an important piece. And the way the NCAA allowed us to do it was you used to get 25 initial counters. Now they've gone to 32 initial counters. But then they bagged the initial counters and then said, if a player leaves your program, then you can go one for one and add one. So with, with, those, uh, with those changes, that certainly helps you stay competitive with the other teams that you're competing against. I was curious, uh, going back to your time in Michigan, because when I spoke to some other people about, I feel like Massachusetts has always had players, but it seems to be getting more respect nationally now. But I, I think you're a big part of that because when you're at Michigan, obviously Michigan is a national brand. You can go to California and get a kid. You can get a New Jersey and get a kid, Texas, Florida, Ohio, anywhere. And you kept coming back to Massachusetts and New England, Rhode Island, places like that. Did you – was that a hard sell to the rest of the staff because they might not have known Massachusetts football as well? 
you know what at times it was and uh but you know we had a good staff that was open in recruiting and really judged the players so from that standpoint it ended up being a positive but then just track record wise i mean you got mikey sandra still now from everett who's playing both ways for coach harbaugh andrew stuber at, at tackle uh luke schoonmaker at tight end and and really uh, you know i'm just singling out a few names but there's literally you know over 10 12 players that we were able to recruit and uh you know they really helped helped uh the michigan program when i was there and and to be quite honest i take it personal i take recruiting new england players personal because you know hey that's your home you want to you see good players you know they rate as well as other players across the country i look at a guy like quitty pay who was the 1100th rated player coming out of high school in bishop hendrick and in rhode island and he ends up being the 21st pick in the nfl draft i mean if that isn't a you know a deal obi melifonwu who signed at uconn and and had a nice career there was the 32nd pick in the draft he had two scholarship offers i mean when those things are happening you know then at the when my last year or so if i went in and offered a kid in new england i guarantee you there was five power fives going right behind me and offering the same kids and if that's if that if i was able to help in that well so be it because that's that's one of the things just take care of your people and take care of the guys that are that are close to you and the coaches that are close to you and you know I'll, I'll be honest we we opened up spring practice all spring every practice the whole practice high school coaches players and and we were available to them every every single day and the and you you know the important thing is you know take care of the people that take care of you and 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 obviously there are several players i can think of chris lindstrom when he was at shepherd hill when i was at bc uh i isaac yayadam from worcester who went to doherty high school i mean all those guys you know went on and then they're playing in the nfl i mean there's good players in New England, you just got to go ahead and and put the time in and do your homework and, uh, you know, and do your homework and find the good players. That's awesome. Coach, kind of piggybacking off of that, um, you've been at BC and you've been in the area for for a long time. With Coach Halfley over at BC now, Jim Moore at UConn, there's kind of an, um, it's kind of a, a new a new breath of fresh air. For, for New England college football. Do you feel that kind of competitive nature when you're recruiting as well, especially with those guys, you know, in the area now? Well, those guys are both excellent football coaches. And uh, Coach Halfley did a good job when he was at Ohio State as an assistant and, and obviously has continued uh, along that vein. So, and Jim Moore Jr., I'm sure, will do a great job at UConn and he's at a great place and uh it's nice to see uh the schools in this area uh attracting guys of that caliber and uh you know it only means good thing for the for the guys from New England for sure. Coach obviously this is your second stint at UMass of course you, when you coached under Mark Whipple in, in the late 90s, you guys win a national championship in 1998. You take over the program. You bring the program to a national championship game in 2006. Then you go on and become a defensive coordinator. Obviously, you coordinated several Power Five programs. Now you're back. What was the draw for you to come back? Obviously, you had, you had been gone a while. You had coached a bunch of places. Your reputation as a defensive coordinator and as a defensive coach speaks for itself. Why did you make the decision at this point in your life that, you know what, I'm ready to take on that challenge again. I'm ready to be a head coach again. I'm going home. Well, you know, uh, you, you answered the question a little bit for me, but, and, and with, with good reason, um, 
you know, I've, I've been all over the place. You know, like you mentioned, I was a D coordinator at, at UConn. I was a D, I was a D coordinator for Ralph Friedgen, which was a tremendous experience for me. Uh, one of the best guys I've ever worked for. Obviously, I worked for Jim Harbaugh, who's a tremendous man. And uh, then with Jed Fish when I went to Arizona. But when the opportunity, when Ryan Banford called me and said, hey, look, we'd like you to come back and, and, and you know, we need some help. And we think you're, you're the right guy at the right time. I, I really couldn't turn it down. Uh, it's interesting. Sometimes family comes first. And in this case, family did come first. You know, I have four children. I have 11 grandchildren. They're all at, you know, formative ages. Um, one of my grandsons is one of supposedly one of the top pop Warner quarterbacks in New England, which I don't know how you get that rating at, at 11 years old, but it makes no sense to me. But at the same time, it's, it's nice to see him competing. Um, but, I, you know, I have several grandchildren that are at formative ages and and to be able to see them a little bit more when I have free time is, is really uh, was became important to me. And uh, hey, chance to be a head coach again at the Division One level, uh, a place that I've you know when I went to UMass in winter of '97, uh, December of '97, they were coming off a two and nine season, and then we were able to you know, as you noted, when the national title whip did such a good job of providing leadership and coaching the offense. And uh, we had an outstanding staff. And then I went to Northeastern for five years. Uh, nice to be able to win a championship there. We were 10 and two in my, in 2002, we were eight and four in 2003. And we were the only team that beat Delaware in the country. And then going back to, uh, to UMass for those, you know, five years and, and really had a tremendous uh, five-year run in, uh, at the school. So, you know, when you have a ch chance to go to a place that you have such strong ties with, the alumni, you know, there's so many guys, and I don't want to start throwing out names, but there's so many guys that reached out to me and said, you got to come do this. And uh, that I'm so close to, I just felt like it was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. And obviously the opportunity to uh, be a head coach again, uh, you know, was, uh, you know, that was really special. Uh, Don, the, the UMass fan base, especially online, is very rabid. And they very much want to cheer for a winner. But some of the UMass games I've gone to in the past in recent history, they just haven't been in the stadium. How important is it to keep that excitement going on campus and to get people in for the game and not at the tailgate to cheer for the team, not just for your players, but for recruits that are coming and so they can see a big-time college atmosphere? Well, you're, you hit it on the head, you know. They can't just come to the game, hang out outside, you know, have dinner and a couple of beers and socialize and then leave. I mean, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for, you know, the opportunity to play in front of them, to earn their respect, to be, you know, to earn their support. And that's, that's really what we're talking about as a, as a program. You want people to come see you play, go earn it. And, and that's what we, you know, that's our whole goal. And, and I'm really excited about our players. I think, I think we've done a good job. As I've mentioned, there's about half of the uh, recruiting class that's already with us from mid-year forward. Um, we've had a few guys come in the last few days and the last group will come in on J July 10th, primarily of the high school nature. And, uh, you know, from the minute they get here, it's all about being positive, take, getting better every single day. And, uh, you know, just earning people's respect. You know, you if you want to win, first thing, you, if you're going to win the games, first thing you got to do is be in the games. And I think if we're in games, 
And, you know, we get a chance to turn this thing around, which I really am uh, encouraged by offense, defense, kicking game. I really feel good about what I've seen from these guys throughout spring practice. And that's only continued to the summer. So uh, I think people give us a chance. They're going to they're going to be surprised about our effort, our energy, and the way we go about doing our business. Coach, I actually wanted to ask you about the stadium itself. Uh, one of the first interviews you did, I believe, with Beto and Zoe on 98.5, you talked about wanting a new field. And recently we saw pictures online that you guys are getting a new field. Why did you think that was important? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, when you have players that are given their all, the first thing you need is you need an environment that, you know, that they can feel good about. That they, when they hit that field, they feel really good about. And, and obviously there's a piece of that that safety's involved. Those fields only have, you know, a certain lifespan. So, you know, that was a bit of a concern as well. But, you know, Coach uh, Ryan Banford, our athletic director, has, you know, uh, has done a good job of, you know, with logos and, and modernizing the UMass, uh, you know, the UMass logo and, and our, our system. And uh, it's, it, you know, we wanted to make sure that the field represented that type of scenario. And, uh, to, you know, it's funny, I was standing out today and uh, the field is down. Uh, the sand is down. The black rubber to kind of settle everything is is slowly but surely getting getting in. But those guys are working their tails off, and I would not be surprised by the Fourth of July that we're up running and on that field. Uh, again, I don't know all the specifics of it, but I can tell you it's a it has certainly enhanced the stadium, the picture and something our fans can be proud of as well. You are watching slash listening to the New England Football Show presented by Mortgage Right. And just as a reminder, if you are looking into selling your current home or you are a first-time home buyer and want to get pre-approved for a mortgage, give Herb Divine and Mortgage Right a call, 781-254-2846. You can also email Herb at situate.mortgageright.com. He and his team will answer any questions you have. They are available anytime, including nights and weekends. Call Herb or email him and his team today. Coach, you do have a question that has come in from yeah. a loyal UMass uh, follower. Alex or Keel Alex asks, Coach, can you touch on the QB room and what you learned from those guys in the spring and what you're looking for in the fall? I also see Alex commented, the field looks great. So I'm glad we got – I know Alex was just on campus, so that would, that's a good thing. Quarterback room is up and running. Guys are flying around. Zamar is really uh, who's been with us, uh, is doing a good job. You know, he, he's a, a dual threat type of guy, and and he's really taken to Coach Kasula's coaching and and uh, really happy with him. Uh, Blake, uh, Blake, <clears throat> Blake Olson uh, is another quarterback, a guy from Milford. I know the Olsen uh, twins as well that are that are obviously his relatives, and he's throwing the ball extremely well. And then we've got Gina, who we brought in from the West Coast, and Chase from Tilton. All four of those guys, it's funny, each guy is a little bit different, okay? Uh, one guy's a little better thrower. One guy's a little better runner. One guy you know, is better on the move, uh, throwing the rock. Uh, and, and all of them have the ability to, you know, they've done a good job of taking a coach Kasula's uh, system. They're doing a good job of, you know, leading the players and, uh, you know, th that's all I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to, if I, if I had to, if I told you how the thing was going, then I got to take you guys out before I let you go. So uh, all I can tell you is it's a battle. 
And uh, we've got several guys in that battle, and we're letting them all practice. It's not like they're not getting their opportunities to shine. And uh, I believe when you do that, you get the best out of the players because they know they're getting a fair shot. Coach, one of the things that uh, impressed me, when, when going back to when you guys were doing winter workouts, is you brought the mat drills back. And that was a staple of UMass football when you were here before. Talk a little bit about what is it about the mat drills? When you and your staff put the players through these mat drills, what are you guys looking for both physically and from a competitive standpoint? You know, you hit it on the head right there. Physically, you want the players to be challenged. So, you know, we put them through several body movements, seat rolls, dive on their chest, crab, uh, forward rolls, uh, side to side running, uh, you know, what we call the 20 yard shuttle type of scenario. But they're put through. Uh, all these movements, which is a physical challenge. But really, what I tell them is, I'm going to break every one of you guys on this mat. Every one of you, I am going to break. And you challenge them mentally to compete and go at a high level. And I'll tell you, uh, you know, I almost felt like I must be getting soft because it seemed easy for the guys to kind of go through the movements and get, give me 100%. And there's not a time I walked off those mats that I didn't have a, a good feeling about our effort, about our energy on that particular day. I was curious. We talked a little bit after the spring game about Greg DeRozier's, but I think with him, and some other guys, and definitely, definitely with Ellis Merriweather, your running back room is in great hands right now. I think it's a good room, and Merriweather is a, a bell cow type back. I think he'll be one of the, really one of the best backs on the East Coast. What do you, what do you like about your running game heading into the fall? Well, you know, you need to be good at tailback to, to run the rock. You know, if your tailback can make yards, uh, you know, that's an important piece because that's the load you're taking off the quarterback. So when you spring the quarterback runs, which are conflict runs, and what I'm talking about is quarterback pulls the ball, keeps the ball, that's a conflict run. Quarterback hands the ball off, it's still a conflict run. But the bottom line is as a defense, you've got to have your plan together and for us, it's a, a twofold win because not only, you know, is our offense getting better at those plays, our defense is acquainted and, and used to defending those plays, which, you know, those are kind of common, kind of a common deal and really comes down to execution at a high level to determine success or failure. So, you know, I, I just think, you know, the that whole piece, the conflict runs, but it all starts with the head of the tailback. And when, you know, you mentioned Ellis, when Ellis gets the ball, it's not 180 pounds running at you. Right. It's 225. 225 smashes you. Yeah. And uh, he's not afraid to do that. You know, we. It's funny, Steve and I talk about his practice load, you know, going into the season, and we're probably going to utilize his carries on Saturdays, not necessarily overdo his carries and his load during the course of the practice week. Give him enough to stay sharp, but at the same time, make sure he's ready to, to rip and run. Uh, you talked about DeRozier. You know, his strength is his ability to run fast. He can uh, he can hit that line of scrimmage and make you miss and make one cut and be gone. You know the the good thing with him is he has a track background and uh, it shows up on the football field. Now that's a that's an important piece. Now what I just said. Some guys are track guys. You minute to put they they put their pads on and their gear. They're not track guys anymore. It's crazy. 
But this guy is a track guy, and and he certainly, uh, you know, certainly has uh, done a good job. And he's been with us all spring. He got in with us at mid-year, and, uh, you know, he's competing his tail off. Coach, throughout the season last year, there was a lot of talk about conferences and, and lack thereof. Um, obviously, you can't give away, you know, any top-profile secrets, but – um, is that coming along, and do you still find it um, an important issue, particularly in recruiting as well? I don't. You know, it's funny uh, in the recruiting piece. I, I I haven't really been asked a whole lot about it by uh, by guys that are visiting, um, which you know they just want to play. So you know they're looking for opportunities. But I understand kind of where you're coming from. You know, the, the point is, I, I can tell you this, Ryan is hell-bent on finding a place for us to go, but it's got to fit. It's got to be a good fit for UMass. And I can assure you we've had several conversations about it, about that particular topic. And it's just making sure that you get the right fit. You know, what you don't want is, here we are, a New England team. We're going to end up traveling, you know, thousands of miles, for example, to play an away game in conference. I mean, that makes no sense for us to do that. So, you know, we're trying to find that that particular conference that makes some sense. I don't want to go ahead and name any of them. But I promise you this, Ryan's been hard at work and he, you know, he he's just trying to find us the right home. And I can assure you from my perspective, we're searching for the right home from my from my from where I sit as well. Coach, your passion for teaching the game of football is second to none. I mean, I I've seen you teach the game on the field during spring practices, going all the way back to Northeastern, then when you were at BC, and now I see you at UMass. And and I know the kind of teacher you are, and I know your reputation as a teacher of the game speaks for itself. You have a passion for teaching the game and, and connecting with high school coaches. Talk a little bit about the Don Brown Football School and how that came about. Yeah, you know, um, obviously we wanted to make sure, you know, and I, and, I, and this might be a little bit redundant, but it's it's factual. We wanted to make sure that um, the young men in New England know that they have a home in UMass. Okay. Uh, now, obviously, we have a we're a scholarship Division One program, uh, so there's opportunities there. Uh, there's also preferred walk-on opportunities as well, and there's several of those. You know, there's 25 of those type opportunities. And, I, you know, we want the, the players, the student athletes in this area to feel good about us, even prior to when they have to make their decisions, when, they, when they're in the eighth grade, when they're in the ninth grade, 10th grade. We want them to feel good about coming to camp and being around our coaches and if it's a fit for them post high school, great. If it's not, well, so be it. You know, we still have great friendships and, and that's what it's all about. But I can tell you this, um, I, the most important thing to me and the thing that I fought with, you know, right around 2008, 2009 is I love being an active teacher. I love coaching football and uh you know sometimes you know head coaches you know take that you know the, the, it, where they step back and they're gonna obviously evaluate be be a great evaluator and pass that information along i can't do that that's not how i'm i'm, I'm cut uh you know i want to get out there i want to coach i want to coach tackling i want to coach block destruction I want to coach, you know, uh, you know, punt, punt block. I want to coach punt, 
And, uh, you know, that's what, that's, that's where I, I get excited about. And I, I think it's important for the players to realize, okay, there are certain things that Coach Brown's going to delegate, but he's also going to get his hands, hands dirty and coach us. And I think that's an, a very important piece. I was wondering about two of your staffers uh, who were uh, at a level below at this time last year. You had Jeff Moore and Valdemar Brower, uh, two guys I know who love recruiting and are very energetic. What what have those two guys brought to your staff so far? All right, well, let me give you a you got you got can I give an aside here? Sure. I told Jeff Moore. Back when he was he was at St. Thomas More, and then he went to Loomis. Right. I said, if I ever get to be a head coach again, you're going to be one of my first hires, and you're going to run the recruiting. <laughs> I think the guy uh, does a great job of connecting with young people. I think he does. A, he's so energetic about um, UMass. Uh, that was an important piece for me uh, is here's a guy that's graduated at from UMass, was connected uh, with me as a player, and, uh, and then as a professional, I just think he's an outstanding uh, recruiting coordinator and football coach. So that was kind of an easy one, and he has not let me down. He works diligently uh in the recruiting arena you know with with this particular year coming up this this 22 to 23 year uh it's kind of a weird year for us because we're such a young football team we're trying to get a little bit older so there's strategy involved that he has to play play on to make sure that we balance out and we're not just, you know, a freshman sophomore team that we have layers to our to our team. P. Brower, that was easy. You know, another guy. I, I mean, I'd gone in there and watched what he had done at Springfield Central. Um, he was a tremendous defensive lineman as a player. Uh, I, I went into his high school as a recruiter and 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 just seeing how he treated people and how he had grown as a coach and again it's another guy that i earmarked that if i ever got back into the head coach world again that i knew had to be on our staff and i'll be honest with you all of the guys for the most part i've had passed with you know this steve terrell is Keith Dzinski, you know, there's Mike Livingston. I can go on and on and on. Ryan Partridge, uh, Alex Miller was my, you know, who was the uh, interim head coach here for three weeks. You know, he was my starting center on our team that played for the national title. And, you know, all these guys were either linked to me or linked to UMass in some way. And, uh, I just felt like I had to have these guys with me to give UMass a chance to to uh, to achieve the success that we all wanted to have. Coach, last week we had the chance to talk at Charles River, and the biggest takeaway How I about have that place beautiful, isn't it? Woo! Uh, the biggest takeaway I have from that day with you and the other coaches was just the continuity and kind of the way you guys feed off of each other. With Coach Martin in the fold now, and um, Coach Carvel, and and the success of the other programs, how much are you kind of hoping that you guys can all kind of drive each other just to make the entire athletic department better than it is now? Well, we have a great leader in Ryan Banford. He's solely behind. You know, you mentioned Coach Carvel. You mentioned Coach Martin. I mean, those two guys, Coach Martin and I, I can remember we'd be. You know, I'd be yelling on one side at one side of the office at Northeastern. He was in the next room and he'd go, Don, you're rattling the walls. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, we, we had, we've had nothing but, a, 
you know, a lot of good, uh, good experiences to, to build on. But the bottom line is he's a tremendous coach and a tremendous person that knows how to treat people. And I mean, what coach Carvel's done with the hockey program is totally ridiculous. Uh, and uh, I'm just proud to, to be, you know, be able to break bread, sit at the same table and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, we have so many tremendous coaches, uh, you know, and so many tremendous programs. Our women's basketball program broke through uh, under coach this year, this fall as well. So, I mean, just a lot of good things um, and a lot of good feeling. And it's nice when you can go to work, you got a smile on your face and you have a relationship with these men. And, uh, you know, I just feel really good about, you know, what we're trying to do, what we're trying to do. And we're working for a great guy. Yeah. And, you know, I said to Ryan, when we were out there for spring ball, I said, you know, if you ever had, uh, uh, you know, a tag team head coaches brawl off, uh, I put my money on Brown and, and uh, Martin for sure. You guys, you guys could definitely clear the room. And by the way, Frank Martin, big football guy. So yeah, he loves football. He loves football. And, you know, and the thing that I think he's a tremendous coach, tremendous human being. I mean, I could listen to him talk all day, just like I could listen to you talk all day. And uh, I think it's one of those things where you just the passion he has for athletics and working with young people just comes through. It shows. And and look, you know, he didn't hide from the fact, whether it be at K-State or South Carolina, he knew he was at, at schools that loved football and were big football schools. He didn't hide from that. He didn't try to to, to compete with his own football program, he saw it as a plus. Just like if you're coaching at Kansas or Duke or or Indiana, you could use the basketball program as a plus in, in terms of recruiting. Many people don't know, Coach, you also have a, a pretty long history with baseball. You have a baseball background as well. Your son, Zach, of course, is the head baseball coach at Franklin High School. He's done a tremendous job. Talk about your baseball background, particularly when you were at Yale. Yeah, well, it was funny. I was uh, 19, uh, I think it was 91 summer. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ed Woodson, our athletic director, decided to make a change in baseball, which I, you know, I was not connected with. And I got a call from Carm Coza. And Carm Coza is another, you know, like people say to me, oh, you know, coach, you, you're a good coach. And now let's. I am not. I am a product of all of these men. Carm Koza, Ralph Friedgen. I can go on. Uh, Joe Ukeka, uh God Joe rest Ukeka, there's a name from yep. the past. Joe Ukeka. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I can go on and on and on and on. Carm Koza was, I, I worked for coach for six years. Uh, want a quick Carm Koza story? Absolutely. He's a legend. He was a legend. Right. So here's the story. Uh, we beat Princeton for the Ivy League title. So now we're playing Harvard. And Harvard beats us 30 to 7 or 30 to 10. I forget what it was, but it wasn't pretty. So I'm at home and I say to my wife, Debbie, Deb, I'm going in and watch the tape. It's Sunday. When I come back, we'll take the kids to brunch. And then I, I got to go to the airport. I got to head out for recruiting and but I want to make sure I watch this tape in, in case Carm calls me to ask me about the game. I want to have my ducks in order. So she goes, all right, go do take care of that. So I go, and I forgot, he used to always call after that last game, you know, and, and he called Debbie and he goes, where's that, you know, a-hole husband of yours? <laughs> and she goes, coach, he's in the office. He never said another word. He just hung the phone up. And I remember sitting in the office with the film going, and I heard somebody come up the stairs, op pushed open my door from behind, and cuffed me in the back of the head. And he goes, I won't say what he said initially, but basically he told me, get your butt home to your family. I never forgot that. I mean... There's a guy, you know, football, you know, one of the winningest coaches in the history of college football, 
but you know, family was important to him. It really, really, really was. But getting to the baseball story. So I said to coach, am I in trouble? The AD wants to talk to me. He goes, I don't know. You just have to come and see what he's got to say. So I drove back and it was vacation. So I drove from the Cape back and I go in and he says, yeah, Don, he goes, uh, you're going to be the head baseball coach this year. <laughs> I kind of looked at him and I went, I'm the defensive coordinator in football. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. He goes, oh, you know, we'll compensate you. But he goes, trust me, they need you more than you need them. <laughs> I said, okay. Yeah, I mean, he's the boss. So I'm like, all right, sir. So here's a great story. We end up going 26 and eight. Wow. And then we go to the NCAA regionals. We lose to Clemson 5-4. We beat Nickel State in Louisiana 14-4. And we're down 2-0 to UCLA. And Ryan McGuire comes to the plate. I go out, pull the pitcher, and he hits a ball that's still going around the world. <laughs> but the great part of that story was when I was at Michigan in 2019, we were playing Notre Dame. 24 of those 25 players showed up for the game, took me out to dinner after. It was freaking unbelievable. Wow. That's, that's awesome. A, is that a hell of a story? Yeah. 24 yeah. of the 25, you know, players, you know, came out uh, to, see, to see me coach and watch me do my deal. Pretty cool. That's awesome. Jason Hogan checks in. Welcome back to New England to the head dude. I love it. <laughs> there you go. The head dude, Coach. That's your that's your new nickname. Not, not only do you solve problems with aggression, but now you have a nickname. <laughs> um, this would probably be my last question, I think, because of time. But um, you've, you've had some great defenses over the years. And uh, obviously UMass hasn't put, put out a great defense in a while, but what do you see as the calling card to this unit this fall? Um, two, th uh, two things. Uh, don't let anybody, you know, uh, set uh, goals for you, okay? Uh, and just, you know, like I told them, there's only one thing I demand. Learn the playbook and run to the ball. If you don't run, you will not play for me. You will not play one minute. And I think they've kind of picked up on that. Uh, you know, I think schemes sometimes, you know, and everybody, you know, I was sitting with a, you know, walked in a store tonight, some guy goes, Dr. Blitz. I'm like, geez, oh, all right. Well, I do believe in pressure, uh, but I also believe in showing pressure and simulating. And, and it's important that we're multiple. And it's important that we do a great job of tackling. And, uh, you know, I will say this. They have done an outstanding job since February 1st of learning the system and uh, developing their, their, their own deal. And, you know, the other thing I tell them all the time, you live in the past, you die in the present. So take it all off your back and let it go. And just go have fun and play this great game, and good things will happen. And I, I honestly believe that. You know, uh, when I went to Arizona, they were 126th in defense, and by the end of the year, we were 55th. So you know, uh, you know, you can't you, you can't let people set goals and for you. You just go out and do the best you can. Uh, love your guys, coach them hard, and. Uh, you know, things tend to take care of themselves. Coach, last one for me. It's an easy one. Have you gone any golfing yet? I know we talked last week, and we both wanted to play that day. But you try to do uh, get me fired. That is well. Are you able to enjoy at least just a little bit of time off right now before things ramp back up again? You know, yeah, a little bit. Um, but you know. We get a, we get a, our times coming, you know, we get towards the end of June, uh, then, you know, in the July, you're going to get some downtime and, uh, you know, cause, 
Because then what's in front of you is nonstop, seven days a week, 12-hour days. We all know the deal. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing like, the, you, know, you know, playing football and coaching it and going, going as hard and as tough as you can for, for 12 hours, you know, those 12 to 14-hour days. That's kind of exciting stuff. So it's all good. Alex Chuck's back in. Let's go, UMass. Can't wait for September 3rd. Appreciate the coverage from NEFJ tonight and the time from Coach Brown. Thanks for checking in, Alex. Again, Alex is a proud UMass alum and supporter, and uh, he's also a fan of our work, apparently. We appreciate that, Alex. Thank you very much. Uh, Coach, final question of the night. Obviously, expectations are high. You're back. But you've been in this game for a long time. You, your staff, you have veterans on your staff. And, and your your younger coaches as well, who all understand that managing expectations is also a part of this deal. So what's your expectation for the upcoming season? Not so much in terms of wins and losses, but what do you want to see from your team in, to, in terms of its growth and its development this upcoming season? Well, you hit it. You know, we've got to grow every day. We've got to develop every day. And we've got to get better every day. Uh, attention to detail really a big piece practice every day with with emotion and play every game with with your hair on fire uh you know i think those those things are really critical i'll tell you um you know our goal is to get ourselves bowl eligible and win our first bowl game that's really what what i think is realistic and then if we get to that point then we adjust the goals at that time but I think we have a, a realistic opportunity. I think the schedule's fair. You know, we're playing teams, you know, that are in the best of five. And, you know, I, I think that gives us an opportunity. Uh, and then where games are placed, you know, we're going to play Army at the end of the year. Well, why is that important? Because they run the triple option. That's why. So, you know, we've been already, we've already had a couple of opportunities to go through um, Army's uh, base concepts, you know, so that's an important piece. We got Texas A&M. They're late in the season, but for the most part, we have 10 games that are that are programs very similar to ours, and uh, we just got to make sure we improve every day, compete every day, and and uh, I think that I think we have a chance to, you know, certainly. Uh, you know, get bowl eligible and win a bowl game. And Austin or Gil checks in, excited for where this program is headed. Can't wait to get to McGwork this fall. Yeah, buddy and coach, that goes back to what you said earlier. You know what? It's not just about going to the games. And by the way, thank you for checking in, Austin. Appreciate the time. But you mentioned this earlier. It's one thing to, to go to the game, but go in, stay, be a factor, right? Because you know, I mean, you've been around the game a long time. I've been around the game a long time as a coach. Crowds matter. It matters to the kids. They feed off it. And, heck, I mean, I'll say it. I don't care. I think the coaches feed off it, too. I mean, if you're playing in front of a big crowd and it has a big game feel, you get fired up as a coach as well. Well, you know, the, you know, the one thing I'll tell you, and I don't know if you'll remember this. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. But in 2006, Sean McDonald, who's an outstanding football coach at the University of New Hampshire, and a very good close friend. Uh, we played uh, New Hampshire in the middle of the year, and then we were fortunate to compete against them uh, at McGurk um, in the postseason. And uh, the thing I remember, it was on Nesson. Nesson brought the lights in. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, you know, we weren't, you know, I don't think we had lights then or. I you do know, remember they, the game. They re, yeah, I think that's what happened. They put him up because of the TV for the game. And we had an unbelievable crowd. And I actually honestly believe that I think that was the difference in that particular football game. I, I, I just really felt like that was the difference. And I can't stress enough to our fan base to our students, student athletes. And I'm also going to throw this out. We have one of the best bands in the country. 
and a tremendous tradition there. And they've given, I mean, I think about the support they've given us over the years. It's really important they get behind us because I think those guys joining us will be a, you know, the next piece will be the rest of the student body getting behind them. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that that's, that's a big time game changer. Nick Baker finally checks in. He remembers the game well. So he was there. He remembers it well. And that's the key, right? I mean, like we said, I think if you can get that support, it's going to make a world of difference. There's no question, Coach, since you've been back, the enthusiasm is back with the program. The UMass fan base is fired up. I think you coming back isn't only great for UMass. I think it is tremendous for New England football in general. As I said to you at the start of the show, you are one of the most respected figures in New England football. And it was our pleasure tonight to have you on the show. We appreciate your time coaching. We'd love to have you on again. Love to be on. You guys do a tremendous job. Good to see you, man. Good to see you too, Coach. That is Don Brown, head football coach at UMass. That'll do it for this week's show. For Coach Brown, for Kevin Stone, for Adam Kirchin, I'm John Serenitas. Till next week, peace. See you.